and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy, and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones. Or don't, it's a podcast. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Happy November. We are so excited to start this month with an exclusive interview with a cast member from one of the coolest new shows on Broadway. Almost Famous, a musical adaptation of the movie of the same name, is set to open on Broadway at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater on November 3rd after a month of previews. The show has a book and lyrics by Cameron Crowe, who penned the original movie, with music and additional lyrics by Tom Kitt. The story follows William Miller, an aspiring music journalist who has been hired by Rolling Stone to tour with an up-and-coming band. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Anika Larson, who is making her return to Broadway and almost famous as Elaine Miller. Welcome, Anika, to Breaking the Curtain. Thank you. So nice to be here. Whenever we have a guest, we always like to have them introduce themselves, kind of, you know, by sharing their name and who they play in the show, just so our listeners can hear your voice. Fantastic. My name is Anika Larson. I am in Almost Famous. I am Almost Mom, um, aka Elaine Miller, aka Mom AF. Um, <laughs> AKA, I ran out of AKAs. That's who I am in the show. <laughs> Mom AF. I love it. <laughs> so Almost Famous is a really wonderful, well-loved film. How familiar were you with it before you signed on to the project? Um, I had not actually seen it when my agent called me back in the fall of 2018. And he said, this is a project. He's never said this before or since. He said, I want you to be as excited about this project as I am. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, it's the movie Almost Famous. They're making it into a musical. And I said, actually, I mean, how could you not know about it? It's sort of all, it's out there in the, it's part of the the culture now, right? But I had never actually seen it. I had an image of Kate Hudson in glasses and a bus, Mm -hmm. but um, beyond that, I had never actually seen the movie. And um, and he said, but you, he said, you'd be playing the Francis McDormand role. And I said, oh, well done. I, I would do a musicalized version of any role she's ever played. She always plays people who are interesting and compelling and always possess a sort of an integrity that I, I just knew no matter who the character was, I'd be proud to play it. So, um, so I said, yes. And then that weekend I watched the movie and loved it and loved her in it. And then two days later I was in rehearsals, um, for it. And, um, it was, it was sort of awful because I felt trapped inside her performance. She's my favorite Mm. actor of all time. So it was, it was really hard, especially for the lines that are exactly the same. And now I honestly, I haven't watched it since, so I can't remember exactly what is the same, but it just felt like, why would I say or do anything differently than she did it? She's the best of all time. Um, and that was, that was hard to get away from. So I knew I wasn't going to ever watch it again until my husband and I have made a plan for, we're going to get a bottle of wine and watch the movie the day I leave the show. (laughs) And, um, that will be fun. But um, yeah, I had to get away from her and, um, you know, uh, over time, the care, the, 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 the play has morphed and changed. And over time I've gotten to forget her and I've done it enough times myself that you can't help, but change and grow in it. Um, And so, yeah, so I've managed to, she's always still a little bit back there in the back of my head, but that I think is a good thing. If there's a splash of Francis McDormand in your performance, no matter (laughs) what you're doing, you can't go wrong. Absolutely. We just rewatched the movie because uh, we have tickets to see the show. We rewatched the film. I feel like every time I watch it, I fall more in love like with the mom character. Like as I get older, the more I fall in love with her. I think she's Elaine is just so brilliant and smart and funny. 
And you know, um, uh, Drew Galing, who plays Jeff Beebe, who's one of the rock stars, mm. he said to me the other day, and I had not clocked this. So we did the show in San Diego in 2019. And um, he said that he noticed out in San Diego that on matinees, which tend to be older audiences, um, they didn't like the rock stars as much. And they <laughs> loved the mom more because so many of them, most of them are parents. Um, a lot of them are moms. And and I said, wait a minute, does does that mean I win matinees? And he said, absolutely. So <laughs> it has been true even here in previews is that matinees, you can feel a sort of palpable difference between whose side they are on. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. I'm just entirely lovable. I mean, we all love a fierce mother. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Whether we had one or not, we all know one. Um, and we love them, even for all their flaws. She's deeply flawed. Within the first five minutes of the show, you see ways she is sort of terribly. And yet you find yourself rooting for her because she loves her children so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very well said. Love that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Elaine, the character, and her journey within the musical? Sure. Um, well, Elaine lost her husband. Um recently not so recently but maybe about a year ago is what I sort of imagined so close enough to um still be fresh enough to be kind of raw but not so close that she can't function and that they can't function as a family um and um uh that is sort of uh, a cloud over everything um that is unspoken um or actually kind of alluded to but um uh and um uh she is a woman with real strong convictions. And uh, unfortunately for her daughter, (laughs) they sort of are against everything her daughter believes and is. And so they fight a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, she is um, very close with her son and um, uh, is the reason he is sort of a child prodigy. She's a reason he is able to go out on tour with uh, and be a reporter for Rolling Stone at the age of 15 is because she has pushed, pushed, pushed. Um, uh, so, um, but she, she is so strong in her convictions that she sometimes can't allow for anybody else to be right. And so I think that her arc is that, um, by the end of the show, she, uh, realizes she is not always right and might be open to her kids introducing her to something new and that they might be right. And that's the sort of generational conflict that happens with everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's always grown up saying kids today and kids always saying parents don't understand. And then eventually there's always, always moments of like, actually, you guys, you you might have something there with this newfangled, whatever it is. Um, and um, yeah. And so I love that that's sort of inherent in, in her arc is being open to actually maybe her son does know a thing or two about a thing or two. And maybe she should listen to him. Maybe she should listen to her daughter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're all sort of better off if we can. Um, listen better. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that Cameron Crowe, who wrote the original movie, has actually written um, the book and the lyrics for the musical version. And I know you were talking earlier about how some of your lines are the same as they were in the movie. Uh, Throughout the musical, is that something that is pretty common? Will fans of the movie come in and see a lot of direct quotes in what's being spoken, what's being sung? Uh, uh, Yes, I think so. Um, I I know that they for sure have have been really mindful of making sure that fans of the movie get get what they want. They're going to come in and they're going to have all the moments that they long for and, and really so much more. It's, um, 
Tom Kitt has done a stunning job of taking, and he's co-written the lyrics with Cameron and taking his ideas and putting them to music. He's also done a stunning job of taking the songs that were in the soundtrack and lacing them throughout the play so that little bits of them are here and there. It's only one song that um, is complete in the show that Tom Kitt didn't write, which is of course, Tiny Dancer on the Bus, because how can you not? Mm-hmm. Um, but even the way that is done is beautiful and, 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 and new and ingenious. Um, uh, but I think, you know, the sort of critical difference between the movie and the musical is, and I think it's actually kind of really embodied in, um, the differences between Frances McDormand and my performances is that, um, what she is masterful at is with a look telling you volumes and my job is to sing those volumes in songs. You know, um, Cameron keeps saying how everybody kept telling him all throughout the way, you know, cause this is his first time working on a musical. Everybody keeps telling him there are no close-ups on stage. And he's like, I'm not an idiot. I know there's no close-ups on stage, <laughs> but that the close-ups are songs. They're, you know, sort of the, the, the subtext is spoken in, in, in those songs. Um, and so the scope of work is just so different for me than it was for Francis McDormand. And so that was another way that I was able to sort of separate myself and stop worrying about comparisons because there will be comparisons, but um, my job is different. And so I'm just going to do my job and do the, do the, the Elaine Miller that is in my script and score, which mm-hmm. is different than the Elaine Miller that's in the screenplay. Yeah, totally. I mean, we were talking about this last week, which is so ironic that we all of a sudden get a message to interview you, which I mean, we totally lost our minds for a second with excitement. We still are. Um, (laughs) We were both saying how perfect you are for this role and that you totally have a transformation into this role. And it's just it's so different from what we've seen you do before and loved you in those roles as well. And then getting to see you in a month's time in this, we are just so excited. Well, thank you. You know, honestly, I wonder a lot about what if I was doing this eight years ago before Mm. I had two boys of my own, because I have uh, two little boys who are five and seven. And um, because of them, I understand what it is to worry about a child in a way that I just couldn't have before. And I like to think that Mm. I'm a good enough actor that I could have pulled it off but I don't think it would have been nearly as easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like with this show, if I just say the words, sing the lyrics and get out of the way, it's all there. Like the emotion is all there. It is not hard for me to understand what it is to, to care so much, to be controlling, to not want my kids to be eating refined sugar, you know, and keeping them from that till they were three and everybody looked at me crazy. And then there's this whole bit in the beginning of the show about how she doesn't want her kids to have white flour and butter and sugar and eggs and motorcycles and rock. Um, and I'm like, I get it. I get all <laughs> wanting to control what people corrupt my kids with. And so I don't entirely agree with Elaine in terms of what she thinks is corrupting, but I get it. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's why it is so easy. And it is lovely to feel like I'm doing something that's different than I've ever done before. And, um, you know, I just feel so lucky and grateful. There are, um, to to have a role for a woman in her 40s mm-hmm. in musical theater that is so well-written, is so rich, is so complicated. Um, it is a gift that I, it is not lost on me how lucky I am to have um, gotten in at the beginning and never been fired along the way. <laughs> um, I feel um, super duper grateful. 
And I'm sure that we, as well as lots of other audience members, are super duper grateful that you are stepping into yes. her shoes. Um, I'm just getting like more and more excited as we're talking here. <laughs> um, as good as you think this is going to be, you guys aren't ready. It's mm. really, really good. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about the whole show. I sit backstage and I love it. It's so wonderful to be in a show where you're like, I know in a year's time, I'm not going to be sorry. Imani has a food delivery at the stage door, you guys. Just- <laughs> Curious. Um, uh, but to to know that for the next year, I am going to love listening to these songs, listening to these voices sing these songs. Um, it's just so exciting to know. I'm not going to tire of it. It's going to be every night. I'm going to have fun. Also, it's just such an amazing group of people on stage and off stage in this building. We're an almost family. Um, we're going <laughs> to this thing out. We're going to wear it out. We're family AF. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're gonna wear that out too. I love it. Um, but yeah, no, it's just uh, it's such a lovely, happy backstage, and um, to know that that's gonna be a joy to come to work to eight times a week is um, it's so exciting. But I can't wait for the world to see this thing. It really, it, I just couldn't be prouder and more excited about this. Um, my boys, my little boys, got to come. Oh, I, I warn them about the language. <laughs> a lot of f bombs, um, and um, but they secretly already knew that word, sadly, um, and um, they know just not to say it at school. Um, it's all really. That's all you can ask for. Oh, <laughs> just don't say it in public, please. Um, but um, but yeah, I think everything else, anything sort of content-wise, kind of went over their head. Um, and really, it's just the f bombs that I was worried about, but they were fine. Um, but yeah, no, it was so emotional for me. I actually got a note from our director the next day to be careful. He said, beware of being too emotional in your song at that moment. And I said, no, 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 no. You got to give me a pass on this one. Cause my boys were sitting right out there. There was no way I was going to control my emotion. It was the first time they had ever seen me in a play. Wow. Because COVID and before COVID, they were too young to see I wasn't in anything appropriate for them. It was the first time my boys ever saw me in a play. And for them to see me at the Jacobs Theater, this gorgeous theater on Broadway in this show I love so much in this role as a mom, it was so sweet. It was just, it was, it was kind of overwhelming. And so I told them as I dropped them in front of the theater. I said, not by themselves. My my husband and my father were with them. <laughs> Could you imagine? I just <laughs> you go. Go find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, as I said goodbye to them, I said, um, I said, I will be thinking about you the whole show. Um, even if I can't look at you and talk to you, and you can't look at me and talk to me, just a reminder, once again, we know this, right? Um, and my oldest son said, his name is Key, and his little brother is named Asha. And he said, Mama. When you're talking, pretend you're talking to me. And when you're yelling, pretend you're yelling at Asha. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right. That is so cute. That's so special. What a memory. That beautiful moment. All three will always have. You know, at five and seven, they will remember it. Yes. Yeah. One of my five-year-old's earliest memories, but he'll remember that. I mean, it was a huge enough deal, right? For that to be. So they will always have a memory of, of watching me on Broadway for the first time. I mean, I don't, they don't get it. They don't get what Broadway is, like how giant, how huge, how tantamount it is. Someday they will, but um, yeah, for sure. For now, just like my husband's a trumpet player. They're just used to like their parents are performers. They're just sort of used to that. So, but um, yeah, it was, it was real special. Nice. Oh, that is so special. That's yeah. just, that's really magical. I'm so glad you guys got to do that. <laughs> 
Um, you're in previews right now on Broadway, and I was wondering if you could break down a little bit for our friends who are listening here, what is the process of being in previews for a Broadway show? Absolutely. So you have regular rehearsals for three or four weeks, usually, and that's in a rehearsal studio. It's not in the theater. And during that time, the theater is very busy building sets, hanging lights, getting the sound ready, all of that stuff. Um, and um, so you rehearse and then you end up um, always on the last day of rehearsal, you do a run through of the show for the designers, for the team. You even get like the wardrobe people get to come and watch because then they don't get to ever watch it again because they're backstage. So it's, the, it's their chance to sort of watch it from the front and see what the play is that they're going to be working on. Um, and um, and then you go into tech and that's two weeks of being on stage and it's sort of the painstaking slowly going through the show and lighting it and making sure the sets and the transitions and the sound is all working as you want and that the costume changes are all possible. Um, and that is, um, yeah, exhausting. <laughs> and then you go into previews and in previews, you're generally only doing six or seven shows a week. Eventually the regular run, you do eight shows a week, but in previews, you usually do about seven shows a week. And then you are, and that's at night and on the weekends, and then you're rehearsing during the day. So you always have an afternoon rehearsal where you are implementing changes based on audience response. And so that's the difference between previews and um, at this point, we have now frozen our show, so it's not changing anymore. But up until now, for three weeks, we were, uh, if a joke didn't land a couple shows in a row, it got cut or it got changed. Um, you know, songs got cut. One of my songs got cut that's beautiful got cut, but it just wasn't serving the show. Um, uh, and then stuff gets added. Choreography is getting changed constantly. It's just, you can't know how things are going to play until they're playing in front of an audience. Also, people are in the back of the house, the whole creative team, the producers, and they're watching when people are shifting in their seats and getting a little restless and thinking, all right, the energy's lulling here. How do we keep it? How do we keep the ball in the air? Um, and cuts are made based on that. Um, this was a, um, a relatively easier pre previous process. I have been in shows where like whole songs get removed with choreography and group stuff. And then the, uh, I've even been had the experience of they've entirely re-choreographed a number, but they can't tech it till the next day. So you have to do the old version. You have to remember the old version and do that that night. But then the next day, tech the new version and do the tech the new version the next day. So it's crazy, oh. it's a crazy time. And they post backstage during previews. There's always a list of the latest changes mm -hmm. just to remind everybody, because sometimes it's just like so hard to remember what version of this are we doing? Even like what version of the line did we land on? I don't remember. Um, and it's also important because if you don't say your line right, then the sound guy might not catch it or catch the next line or, you know, and then you're not heard. And I mean, all just the the, um, the utter amount of details that need to be sort of nailed into place, the number of hours that go into a 30 second transition to make it seamless. Mm -hmm. um, all of that has to happen through tech and previews. And, um, and so we're on the other side of it now. And now we're just, we're just, the show is frozen and we're going to do this show for the next week and press is coming at some point. And I don't want to know when, cause that's too stressful. Um, and then opening night is next Thursday, November 3rd. Woo! And, Woo! Yep. And we'll open this bad boy and then, and then we're off and running. Amazing. Oh, and thank gosh. you for sharing that because that's not something that we get to talk about much is the preview process. So yeah. that was very interesting for me. I've, I just learned so much <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. our listeners did as well. The process is fascinating, right? Yeah. It's, I really have always felt that um, 
up until now is my favorite part. I, I, I really prefer being a cook in the kitchen, figuring out the ingredients of the recipe to then making the same meal every night, which is a wonderful job. Don't get me wrong. How many people get applause at the end of their work day? But that's an entirely different thing, doing the same show over and over again. And it's mm. its own sort of charms in terms of like, how you make it fresh every night and how everybody has fun on stage every night to keep it alive. Um, but my favorite part of the process is absolutely like, let's figure out what works best and mm-hmm. tinkering, which I keep up throughout the whole run of it. It's like, I just, how can I get a bigger laugh on that joke? It's like a question that I, I am never done answering, you know, with honestly, not with chewing the scenery or hamming it up or, but how, how do I get a, a bigger, honest laugh on that? Or how can I land this better emotionally um, is the thing that that's, that's how it stays fresh for me is just every day. And then of course you have sometimes you have understudies on and um, you know, cast changes and um, yeah. So there's always lots of different factors that go into making it different every day. Um, but that's the task that we're in now is um, now just do it, doing the thing and letting people see it. Totally. Well, we're at our last question. Oh and- my goodness. What's <laughs> oh my goodness. So nervous. <laughs> well, if you've been listening this far, friends, I don't know how you wouldn't want to see the show, but can you tell us why people should go and see Almost Famous on Broadway? On Broadway. Oh, I can tell you why. They're going to leave <laughs> feeling so good. It feels so good to look at the audience every night at, at our at our bows, which are, um, I heard, I'm not on social media. I'm 96 years old in spirit and certainly technologically, but apparently the buzz on the internet is that we have the best bows on Broadway and I'm not going to disagree. Um, they're, they're wicked fun, but we get to, we can see the audience at that point and just to see how happy they are. Um, uh, I feel like for almost three years or two years, really, um, uh, we couldn't come together in theaters and it was heartbreaking. And this song is that we literally have a song called everybody's coming together. It's about coming together. It's about communion. There's a reason why theaters are like churches. It's about where people, go and gather to experience together, to know they're not alone, to offer up their gratitude to the gods together. Um, And so this show is about communion. It's about not being alone and isolated. It's about finding your tribe and your friends and your family. It's about coming together and feeling good and loving music. And um, yeah, no, they're just going to leave feeling so good. I'm so excited. You got me, man. Oh, I'm going to cry. She's wiping away tears. For those of you who can't see her. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we have both been saying <laughs> we are just going to sob through the whole show. We just can't. And bring wait. in the cleaners. I'm so ready. <laughs> yes. You might. You might. Yes. But you know what my favorite emotion in life is? Laughter through tears. Me oh, yes. too. That, yeah, oh, yes. You. At some point, we're going to get you that way. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Thank you wait. so much for joining us today. It has been such a pleasure to have you. I'll be right back at you guys. We'll see you. We'll see you at the Jacobs, everyone. Yes. You yes. will. Go get a ticket to Almost Famous right now. Right now. <laughs> yeah. And we'll chat about that on our social media, friends. We will. We'll be there.